Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, Shamala Dakshinamurti, dancer and choreographer at Manohar Performing Arts of Canada, stops by to tell us about their new show she co-wrote called Sunset Moonrise, playing next week at the Pantages Playhouse Theatre. Then, Marty Yeager, Senior Manager of Fund Development at Marymount, joins us to talk about how Marymount helps youth achieve independence and also a local fishing event that's raising money to support the services that it provides. And this is our last week with the co-hosts of A Winnipeg Slice, Christy Nickel and Christine Ahrens. They each have another slice to tell us about this week before they say goodbye. And as always, Noah Ehrenberg, the convener of Community News Commons, is going to be joining us in studio to tell us about this week on CNC, Winnipeg's Citizen Journalism Project. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello and welcome to River City 360 right here on 93.7 CJNU. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Robert, how are you doing this fine Thursday afternoon? I'm doing well, Nolan. How are you doing? I'm quite well as well. It kind of feels like August is dragging on a little bit, you know? I don't know. I think it's actually gone by much quicker than... It feels like it could be August 35th by now. Like, it just (laughs) has been so... I don't know. I thought it would be September like last week for some reason. It's just a weird kind of an experience for me. I feel like the seasons are starting to change, though. You sort of start to feel that we're segueing into fall. The nights are a little cooler. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. On uh, Tuesday night, I went watched a, a little movie out on the legislative grounds it was kind of cool they had jumanji playing have you ever seen that movie i have when i was much much younger 1995 it came out it was and it still holds up honestly robin williams is one of the greatest talents to ever live and i'm gonna stick with that forever because it was just so good so interesting and, and the movie still holds up so and mm. if anyone can go check those out are, are they still going i'm not even sure i'm not if, too sure but it's a great one. it's a great venue nice uh you it know was. especially when the evening is nice the way that it has we've had so many nice yeah. evenings to it go was, and do things it here was in the beautiful. city yeah we had a little blankets to to keep to keep warm and uh so but other than that it was wonderful everyone was super nice and lots of people came out so it was really cool so i'm not sure if any of those are going to be happening in september but what i do know is that the happenings have see you in september as our first musical song so enjoy that right here on river city 360 
everyone. Welcome to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today, and we're now joined in studio by a very special guest. We've got Shamala Dakshinamurti. She's a dancer and choreographer for, Manifer, for the Manaher Performing Arts of Canada. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So we're here to talk about Sunset Moonrise, which is uh, a new show that you wrote, and are, are you dancing in it as well? Yes, I am. That's taking place on September 9th at the Pantages Playhouse Theatre at 7.30 p.m. Uh, but before we get to the show, just tell me a little bit about yourself and, and how you got into dance and, and, and why you decided to write this, this show. I've been dancing for ooh, 45 years now. Wow. And I've been dancing e- Indian dance, which is, ba- I've been trained in Bhardhanatyam, which is a classical style in India. This show features both Bhadanatyam and Kathak. Both both these styles are taught and trained in Winnipeg. Cool. And they are like if ballet collided with tap dance. You're dancing in plie, but you're oh. dancing the rhythm of the drums. So you become the human drum kit. Wow. And so you're creating all those sounds with bells around your ankles and with the sounds of your feet. So it's percussive. It's very energetic. Lots of spins and pirouettes and fast moves and drum kit feet. Very interesting. So obviously very rhythmic and very uh, very showy, I would imagine. Yes, so and very athletic also. Right. So in the middle of all of that, though, there's a storytelling stream. The Word for dance in Sanskrit is the same word that you use for theater and the same word oh. that you use for storytelling. Very cool. And so... They all kind of go hand they in hand. They all go hand mm. in hand. And so what we're doing is really dance theater, where you don't really realize that you are not necessarily speaking the language that the song is in. You're right in there because you're in that story. Right, so people will be able to understand what's going on just by the visuals, not even necessarily by the audio. Yes, although we do in the audio, we've mixed the music with um, dialogue narration that tells the story. And that's in English. That was actually recorded uh, for us by actors in Winnipeg, including a group from Cirque Moliere. Oh, awesome. So it sounds like it's a sort of a multimedia production. It is. What what are people going to experience when they show up? They're going to experience world music. haunting, absolutely haunting music, poetry in a number of old languages that we're translating with supertitles onto the, onto the screen. You're also going to see these, the setting of the show is animated uh, graphics. So, so like a digital kind of a it, Well, it, it's, um, some of it's digital, okay. some of it's uh, line drawn and painted. Oh, cool. And it's, uh, it becomes the, the living background of, of the show. Mm-hmm. And these are just beautiful paintings and Very pictures. Very cool. Uh, I was reading a description of the show that, that you wrote, I, m- I mentioned earlier, and it seemed like there was a lot of parallels between uh, sort of good and evil, success and failure, childhood, adulthood, and I understand it kind of takes place in two separate timelines as well to, to sort of set that up. Give, it, give me an explanation, a uh, breakdown of how that's going to work. How that happens. Yeah. Well, these stories are set in two different kingdoms in India, and... One of the stories occurs in the 1500s, one of the stories in the 1800s. And they're kind of talking to each other across time in the sense that similar things happen when an empire rises, reaches its peak, and falls. Mm. Similar things happen to people in those environments. And they're not dissimilar from things that happen to us. As a Canadian researching this, um, 
the parallels between the British Empire in India and the British Empire in Canada are very stark. The colonization and the similar sort Absolutely. of parallels there. Yeah, and uh, the timeline is also very similar. In fact, when the British 150 years ago right. gave Canada it, its liberty, mm -hmm. they did so because they had another uh, empire in their back pocket. Right. That was India. And it at the time, because they had that jewel in the crown, they let go of this jewel. Huh. So there's that Canadian there connection There is as a well Canadian too. connection to this. All of these events influenced each other. Very interesting. So let's, I, I understand that you talk about a little bit about the research that you did and how, and going back, you know, five, 600 years, what did you learn about your own culture and what did you learn that you're sort of hoping to uh, uh, tell the, the audience when, when they see this show? When we came to this, we actually didn't necessarily come to it out of Indian culture. The first draft okay. was actually written in Spain, oh, cool. sitting in the Alhambra. Very cool. And looking at the old culture of Al-Andalus, which was considered one of the most beautiful moments in the world, which, of course, it doesn't take much war to destroy that beautiful moment. Right. And then when, th thinking back into Indian history, because we're dancing an Indian dance style, um, those same kind of moments occurred in Indian history. Mm. And we picked two moments. One was the Empire of Vijayanagar in the 1500s, which was the last Hindu kingdom before the Muslim empires came in. Oh, wow. And the other is Aud, which is the kingdom of Wajid Ali Shah, who ruled the last Mughal kingdom before the British came. Wow. And at each one of these moments, you have this feeling of living in a, an amazing world of beauty, of poetry, of dance, of sculpture, of a world in which these things are valued. Art is and celebrated. Art is celebrated. The world revolves around art because people have the, the leisure and the liberty to celebrate art. Mm -hmm. And that only lasts until the empire falls. And mm -hmm. so we're catching those dizzy moments before the empire falls. Crazy. And the other thing is when you read history, you always have to think about whose voices are missing from the history that you're right. reading. Right. And in a large part, the missing voices are those of women. Mm -hmm. History was largely recorded by men, and right. therefore we know what happened to the men. But there were women of power, of influence in those kingdoms. And so we were chasing those voices. So did you have to fill in the blanks there, or how, how did you sort of... Uh uh, How do we find them? Well, a lot of these are, they're songs that were written at the time, some by women, some by men. And we did find the words of the poets at those times. Mm. And then when you read about the history, now we have compacted some of the characters together, but these are all people that lived and played a role oh, okay. in these. So inspired by it, true events. Absolutely, these are true yeah. events. Oh, cool. It's kind of. I would imagine that when you stifle that, when you stifle art or dance of a certain culture, it, it, it you're attempting to destroy that culture in a way. So yes. reclaiming this is an important way of rebuilding and kind of re uh, reassembling a, a culture in a way. It is, and in Canada at this time of reconciliation, it becomes really relevant for us. For sure. How do you reclaim the thing that speaks to your heart if you are taking that back from history? Beautiful. I think shows like this that are both entertaining and 
informative are the best in the world, right? Because you're actually learning something. You walk away being like, oh, geez, I didn't know that before. You know, you walk away both entertained and educated. So it's the you best. Won't even, you won't really even feel the education part of this because these are a couple of great swashbuckling yarns. Ah, uh, yes. There's intrigue. There's treason. There's betrayal. There's love. There's poetry that mm. arises from each one of these things. And you're hearing that as the soundtrack to the show. Cool. And... You're, the two stories start off very differently. There's the, the you're seeing the lives of these women growing up in the court, and one woman starts from uh, a very happy place. She's a celebrated court dancer. The other woman arrives at the court as a kidnap victim. Mm. She's kidnapped into dance. Wow. Which happened at the time. It was a kind of being kidnapped into slavery. You're kidnapped into dance. And just trained. Trained a, to as become a, a woman. Well, as a woman of pleasure. Oh, wow. And what's. While we think about that and we think brothels and sex, well, that wasn't all what it was about. Mm. It was eventually, it was about being the person who holds culture in your hand. Because we didn't have recorded music in the 1500s. Right. We didn't. If you wanted to hear a song, someone had to sing it for you. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to hear a poem, someone had to give you that. Yeah. And so the people who did that were the women of the court. Very interesting. And that's a tremendous position of power for holding the culture of a kingdom. Hmm. So when the kingdom falls, who's the first against the wall? Wow. It'll be those women. For sure. So this sounds fascinating. Tell tell us how to find tickets, where where we can go. It's on September 9th at the Pantages Playhouse Theater. Where can our listeners find tickets? Tickets are available at www.universe.com slash Sunset Moonrise 2017. And they're also available at the Pantages box office on, on the day of the show Fantastic. or leading up to the show. Thank you so much, Shamala Dak Shinamurti, the dancer and choreographer. Good luck at the show. It sounds like a fantastic uh, experience, and thank you so much for telling us about it today. Thanks so much. Love to see you there. Thanks, Nolan, and thanks again to Shamala Dak Shinamurti for speaking with us today. Coming up after the break, I'll be joined by Marty Yeager, the Senior Manager of Fund Development at Marymount, and he'll join us to talk about this weekend's Urban Fall Fishing Derby that's in support of Marymount. Before we get to that, though, here is Dean Martin with Sway, right here on River City 360. Start to play, dance with me, make me sway Like a lazy ocean hugs the shore Hold me close, sway me more Like a flower bending in the breeze Bend with me, sway with ease When we dance you have a way with me Stay with me, sway with me other dancers may be on the floor Dear, but my eyes will see only you Only you have the magic technique When we sway, I go weak I can hear the sound of violins Long before it begins Make me thrill as only you know how Sway me smooth, sway me now 
other dancers may be on the floor Dear, but my eyes will see only you Only you have the magic technique When we sway I go weak I can hear the sound of violins Longer before it begins Make me thrill as only you know how Sway me smooth, sway me now You know how Sway me smooth Sway me now Thank you for listening to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you in studio, and I'm now joined by Marty Yeager. He is the Senior Manager of Fund Development at Marymount. Marty, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, guys. So first and foremost, tell us a little bit about Marymount and what the organization does. Marymount's a youth-serving agency here in Winnipeg since 1911, so we're 106 years old. We work with approximately 2,000 children every year in a variety of programs from crisis intervention, long-term residential programs, foster care programs, emergency receiving programs. We operate a school, sexual abuse treatment programs, addictions units. We run the full gamut and try to provide a fully encompassing wraparound service for all of our kids. And so this weekend at the Forks, there is an upcoming event that is raising money for Marymount called the Urban Fall Fishing Derby. Tell us a little bit about that event, how it got established, and how people can participate. Marymount became involved in in that event with the help of Todd Longley uh, from City Cats and Generation Next Angler and Catherine Ward, who is a provincial uh, employee who helps uh, promote the uh, sport of fishing in Manitoba, uh, and that's through the Urban Angling Partnership. So Marymount came on as a charity of choice. We, we also uh, have another charity of choice that day that we raised some money for, and that's the Never Alone Foundation. So Marymount started with the event probably six years ago, so this is our sixth or seventh year running. It's a really great day, and it looks like the weather's going to cooperate. We usually have between three and 400 people out. Uh, we take over the forks for the whole day, and that's this Saturday. Registration's at 9 o'clock. Fishing is from 10 o'clock till 2 o'clock, and then the prizes are awarded to the people with the biggest fish in different categories, adults and, and kids. And there's actually a boat and motor that we give away on that day right on the spot there. So it's a great event. It promotes the uh, sport of fishing here in Manitoba, which is very, very uh, robust. And it also helps charities like Marymount uh, raise some money for our kids. Wonderful. Do you know what maybe one of the largest fish was that have been caught in recent years? Uh, Year in and year out, the largest fish that comes out of our rivers are catfish, channel catfish. Uh, Winnipeg and Manitoba is world-renowned for channel catfish and the size that they get here. Uh, It's unlike any other fishery, really. You can go to Lockport and just catch fish after fish at times and being so close to a major urban setting it's kind of unique so we like to uh, you know try to promote healthy habits for our kids and our families what better way to do it is fishing you can walk down to any riverbank and spend a day it won't cost you a lot of money and you can have a great day excellent and of course it's a, a great day to enjoy some fishing but also to support a really great cause 
And I'm wondering if you can speak to what the money raised will do to support Marymound. Well, Marymound, uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, is a, is a large agency. Uh, we have about 400 full-time employees. Most of our programs are 24-hour care programs. So the money that, the extra money that we raise uh, outside of our, our government support goes to provide those extras that every child deserves. The kids that come to Marymount are usually wards of the province in the child welfare system. So we, we believe at Marymount that they deserve every opportunity that all other children uh, have. So the money that we usually raise at the fishing derby, we allot to if a child wants to uh, play hockey, which can be very expensive. We make sure that that kid can play hockey. If they want to take dance lessons, if they want to go to cooking class, any of the extracurricular activities, swimming lessons, we try to have a little slush fund on the side to to provide those extras for kids. So what we do is where we find a gap that a child has a need that needs to be met, we use some of these monies to meet those unmet needs. Can you share maybe in in general terms, um, maybe one or two success stories of some of the people who have gone through Marymount and how Marymount has been able to help them turn things around? Well, certainly. We have, you know, working with 2,000 kids uh, off and on throughout the year, a lot of our kids uh, go on to post-secondary education. We just uh, had a young lady who is currently in our independent options program. She's just finished her Red Seal carpentry uh, program at MITT, and she's living on her own, and she's supporting herself, and she has a career and a focus and a direction, and that's what uh, life is all about. We have to find ways here in our community to remove barriers to employment and have our young people participate in the economy and feel that they can contribute like everyone else, uh, and they can. Uh, we also have uh, another uh, a story that comes to mind is a young young uh, mom who has two young kids. She's parenting her children uh, with our supports. She's going to school. She's working part time. Um, and as a as a parent of two children myself, having all the supports and and my wife in place, I can't imagine the strength it takes to be a single parent without the resources that we all need sometimes to support ourselves. But there she goes, uh, looking after her kids, trying to better herself, and trying to set an example for her children going forward that they can be and do anything they want in life. There's all they need is hard work and and a focus. In recent years, Marymount has been involved with a capital campaign, part of which involves restoring some of the historic buildings that are on the site of Marymount. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What we're doing is we've been approached by the province to set up a complex needs and mental health service for young women in the child welfare system in 2014. So phase one of that project is open. It's the assessment and stabilization unit. Once we repurpose the heritage building that's on our property, which is the E.P. Leacock Estate, which was built in 1882, it's one of the older homes in the city. It's magnificent. Uh, It's quite pristine. A lot of the original features are still there. Uh, It hasn't been renovated over the years like many of the homes of its vintage. So our goal is to repurpose that house, save the heritage features, and provide a living space for young women suffering from complex needs and mental health issues here in Winnipeg, and have a transition program instead of having them leave our units and going straight back to community where we run the risk of losing them to their previous lifestyles. 
we can hold on to them a little bit, provide more support, more guidance and direction, and safely transition them back to community, whether it's their independent living, whether it's back to a foster placement, whether it's back to the family of origin. We will stay involved and make sure that the uh, when the young women leave us, they have the supports in place, and if like everyone else once in a while we stumble and need a little help we'll have an outreach team that can go and continue supporting that placement and making sure that the kids are on the road to healing so it's all about making sure that the kids have the support that they need so that they're able to succeed on their own absolutely and so again if anyone wants to check out the urban fall fishing derby get your rod and reel ready go out and catch some fish and uh, support a great cause that is happening this saturday september 2nd at the assiniboine river walk from 10 a.m to 2 p.m registration is at 9 a.m and marty where can they go to get more information if they're interested in learning more you can find information at marymound.com on our facebook page and certainly if you're looking for information on our capital campaign marymound.com will have all that information as well excellent so thank you again marty yeager the senior manager of fund development at marymound for joining me today thanks guys Thanks, Robert. And thanks again to Marty for talking to us today. So are you a big fisherman in your spare time, Robert? You know, I can't say that I am, but I did go for the first time in a very long time uh, earlier this summer. Didn't catch anything, unfortunately. I mean, I've gone fishing a couple times and never caught a thing. So I I think I'm cursed. Maybe we're both cursed. Maybe. Who knows? I have to get out this weekend and and learn from the actual pros and see how fishing is supposed to go. Because, yeah, I think you're supposed to actually catch fish, right? Isn't that the way it goes? I think so, yeah. That's that's the point of it, as I far would, as I know. I should think so, right? Well, coming up after our next musical break, the young women of Winnipeg Slice, Christy Nickel and Christine Ahrens, are going to join us in studio to tell us about the stories that they've been working on this week. Winnipeg Slice, of course, airing Monday to Friday at 8.38 a.m. to 5 and 5.38 p.m., right here on 93.7 CJNU. Before the girls get into the studio, we're going to have uh, Myron Florin with Shall We Dance, right here on RC360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today. And now we're joined in studio, maybe for the last time, I guess, by Christy Nickel, one half of a Winnipeg Slice. Uh, this week, she had the opportunity to talk to one out of the 100 restaurants participating in Burger Week. Christy, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So last time we're going to have you here for Winnipeg Slice because you're wonderful tenure here at River City 360 is coming to a close so I just wanted to say on behalf of Robert and I and everyone that works on the show thank you very much for your contribution so far just bringing a tear to my eye I know hey so you picked a great story for your last uh, contribution because Burger Week is something I'm extremely excited for and I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, tell us about who you talked to uh, in regards to Le Burger Week this this week. So I met with Ivan and Mark, who are co-owners of New Burger. And uh, a lot of people who are really avid Burger Week people <laughs> know that New Burger is a winner of a few years now. Yeah, they, New Burger's awesome. I love that place. Yeah, they've been doing really well. So... Um, I'm really extra excited for the burgers that they've come up with for this year. Uh, When I talked to them, I learned all about what goes into prepping for Burger Week and the kinds of work and creativity involved. Uh, it's it's actually kind of nuts, <laughs> and what uh, and to make things even harder this year, a new rule has been made for restaurants with multiple locations. Well, uh, we didn't do three burgers by choice. That's sort of the rules and regulations of Burger Week. Uh, each store needs to have their own burger, so. Uh, that's what we did. It wasn't, to be honest, it wasn't easy. It was a lot of work, and it would be a lot easier if we could just do one burger for all the stores. But yeah, um, I guess Winnipeggers are lucky because they got three really great burgers coming at them this year. They challenged us, and we took that challenge. And I guess we're excited to see what everybody thinks. So I thought that they were being a little bit cheeky in creating three burgers because I figured it was, you know, you have more burgers, you have more chances of winning. But apparently it's actually much harder because you have to be extra creative and create this amazing tasting thing that people are going to talk about, but times three. When, when you when you take a burger and you take a bite into it and you want it to be a Burger Week burger, it's got to have that wow, you know, like you take a bite and you're like, everybody pauses for a second. You're actually like, oh my the, God. The way that we sort of... Like scale, like if you go, if it doesn't make you go, oh, yeah, like, like, you know sound. what I mean? Like you actually like, or like, oh my God, and you close your eyes for a yeah. second. If you don't do that, it's not burger week worthy. Yeah. And, yeah. and to have that three times is really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to do that. Yeah. yeah. But we, we manage to do it every year because yeah, we, we have say, awesome team members. And the stuff thing too. a lot of people don't realize <laughs> that we have to take into account is that we're doing like 800 burgers a day for Burger Week, which is nuts. Like a, a regular day is like 250. So we're, our staff is strung out. Our restaurant is literally like bursting at the seams. And for us, to, we have to also, you know, we're making these burgers we're using all these different crazy ingredients. We have to completely change like our operation for that week. Like we're, we're bringing in new stuff that the staff is unfamiliar with. We're trying to find room for it in the kitchen and it's, it's just not easy. Like people don't realize how much work goes into it, and how much time and effort. Um, if we just were to, you know, slang one of our regular burgers for Burger Week, it wouldn't be as much of an issue. But trying to always create such unique flavors, because the city's pretty demanding. Like if we yeah. were to just do something basic, everyone Here's would be, they'd be like, ah, new burgers yeah. sucks. They're not putting much effort in, or like this is such a basic burger. Like people are such food critics these days. Like yeah. you really need to 
like get pretty creative and extravagant. They were trying to describe the work that went into last year's burger. Did you try it? The no, I haven't. Tr- I didn't try New Burger. I'm, I maybe made it to half a dozen or so last year, but I didn't okay. get out to New Burger. But uh, so, it sounds good. Yeah, so it was it was called the OC. I never tried it either, but I, I wish I got to after hearing about it. It sounded like it was an insane amount of work. Last year we did the OC. The amount of oranges that I What's I peeled yeah. and diced, holy! I had one person on, or it was two people on, every single day, eight hours each, sometimes more, like nine and a half hours, only peeling and dicing oranges. That's it. That's all they were doing. It was unreal. The, it was an orange and grape salsa that we yeah. featured on that burger, mm-hmm. and yeah, the the amount of um, prep work on that, the labor hours that went in yeah, just to creating just, that one part of the burger was yeah. insane. So. But, I mean, you, you could tell. When you take a bite into it, you could tell that it wasn't just oranges we got already peeled and diced because they have that weird kind of, like, preservative on there when, when, they would, when, when they are done that way. You take a bite into our orange salsa, and you're like, oh, this tastes amazing. It doesn't have that hint of, ooh, this kind of tastes fast foodie. Yeah. It, tastes, yeah. it tastes good. We, we cut it ourselves. We prepped it ourselves and everything. Yeah, so it's, it's delicious stuff. It's worth it is what I'm really trying to say, yeah. So I guess... As the customers of Burger Week, we don't really think about the back-end work involved. It sounds a lot crazier than I... I just kind of assume they kind of pick some flavors, put it all together, and throw it out there. But it sounds like a lot more work goes into it than, than we would have assumed. Yeah, they said that the biggest challenge is to actually get creative with it. They have a lot of really great burgers on their menu, but they said that they can't use any right. of them in competition because Winnipeggers are actually such huge food critics that they wouldn't accept them not making a new one like they have to make a new that one that makes sense yeah because people they've pro- there's probably certain burger connoisseurs who have had every single burger on the new burger menu so they're expecting this week where for them to go sort of step out of their comfort zone and make something interesting um so what did they give you a hint on what the new burger burgers were going to be this year yeah so they sound super good all of them sound really great each one is unique and two of them actually involve a partnership between new burger and some other local companies throughout Winnipeg, which is uh, makes it extra cool and exciting. We've got an awesome opportunity to collaborate with Fools and Horses, taking their coffee, making some coffee barbecue sauce, mixing it, or sorry, topping it off with some crispy onions, Cajun fried onions, and some coleslaw. Makes like a really, I don't know, I guess I'd say westerner kind of kind of flavor to it. a bit of a crispy yeah. coolness to it, but and it's the, but also, then, yeah. And then it gets, it gets chilled out with that coleslaw after. Um, in Osborne Village, our Stradbrook location, uh, we're doing a burger called the AOTA, A-O-T-A, for it stands for all of the above. So basically when we first started, we had a smaller menu and one day Ivan decided to put like basically almost every ingredient yeah. we had on the burger and we're like, ah, oh, like all of the above and it was delicious. Like it wasn't exactly every ingredient, but it was, a, it was, it was pretty carefully thought out and it was yeah, creative yeah. and um, we didn't actually ever put it on the menu. Um, we actually put it on our secret menu. You know, there's some places like in and out in the States that have like a, um, I guess like a secret menu where you can order off it if you know that that burger exists, but it's never actually on the printed screen or the menu or anything. So with the Kennison location, we had an awesome opportunity to collaborate again, but this time with uh, a microbrewery called Little Brown Jug, a really fast growing microbrewery that most people here in Winnipeg know about. Um, we take their beer and we mix it up with a, with a chili. We cook it down with a chili that we made here in-house. Top that off with some herb sour cream, some dill pickles, some creamy feta. We thought it'd be funny that we can call it the LBSJ, the Little Brown Sloppy Joe, because when you pick up this burger, it is a little bit messy, but again, it's very worth it when you take a bite, yeah. 
So those all sound delicious. Which one uh, are you going to try first? Uh, definitely the LBSJ, the Little Brown Sloppy Joe. I'm really excited for that. <laughs> I've always wanted the, uh, or I've always loved Sloppy Joes ever since I was little. So, uh, But there are 100 per, uh, other restaurants participating, so I hope I can try and have the opportunity to try more than one. How many do you think you're going to knock off out of the 100? Gosh. If I if I can share with somebody yeah, every the time, the then I can, I, uh, I might try to do one a day, but that's a lot. That's still a lot. Awesome. Well, so where can people find out more information about Burger Week? When does it start? And uh, yeah. Yeah. So it starts this Friday, September 1st. For anybody who wants to try them out, you can look them up on Facebook and Instagram, Le Burger Week, L-E Burger Week. And uh, yeah, check it out. Perfect. Thank you very much, Christy Nickel, for talking to us about Burger Week. We'll have you back on the show in a couple minutes after we speak with your co-host, Christine Ahrens, uh, for a Winnipeg Slice. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today. And we're now joined in studio by Christine Ahrens, the other half of a Winnipeg Slice right here on 93.7 CJNU. Christine, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's great to be here. So this might be your last time as well. What story have you brought for us for this week's A Winnipeg Slice? Today, we're going to talk a little bit about dragon boating. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Have I, you ever been dragon boating? Uh, I've actually never been. I don't even think I've seen it in person live. Oh, okay. Have you? I've seen videos as well, but no, I haven't been in it. It looks pretty intense and really impressive when and everyone kind of gets going at the exact same pace. It's very cool. Well, I spoke with Dave McKnight from the Canadian Cantor Society, and he told me a bit about the Dragon Boating Festival that they're putting on next weekend. And it's already sounding like it's going to be a really great success just based on the number of teams that have signed up. Uh, so far, we have uh, 52, uh, which is about the second highest amount we've number of teams we've had since um, we started uh, with this event with the smaller boats and, and uh, partnering with the Manitoba Paddling Association. Uh, and it's really exciting. Um, we do, with the new smaller boats and, and a little different race format, uh, it's super fun, super exciting. So how does Dragon Boat racing relate to the Canadian Cancer Society? Is this a, an annual event that they host? So it is an annual event and the reason why they do dragon boating basically it's a physical activity, right? So that's part of a healthy li lifestyle and that's what helps prevent cancer and mm -hmm. the Canadian Cancer Society is all about trying to make sure fewer people are getting cancer For each sure. year um, but the Dragon Boat Festival it's also a fundraiser and Dave McKnight he tells us a bit about how the money that is raised helps them each year. All of our, our events uh, with the Cancer Society raise money for uh, the services, the work that we do. Uh, we're the largest charitable funder of cancer research in the country, and we're the only national cancer organization that uh, fights all cancers. So it's obviously an important cause to be fundraising for. So what, what impact does a fundraiser like this uh, festival have for the C Canadian Cancer Society? Uh, it helps them so much. They've been doing it for 16 years already, wow. and they've nearly raised $4 million. So it's obviously really helping them out each year. It's People love coming out, seeing the boats. <laughs> it's been <laughs> great. For sure. So Dave mentioned that the money helps with services, but what exact services do they offer? Yeah, well, all their services are based around helping out the patients and their families as much as possible. So this includes providing peer support or helping the patients find wigs. And they also have information on how to prevent cancer, like how much vitamin D you need to make sure that uh, you're going to prevent it. Hmm. Um, they even offer transportation services that 
this year, they expect to transfer 31,000 cancer patients uh, all across Canada to get their treatments. Fantastic. So great work, obviously, being done. If people want to come out to the Dragon Boat Festival in support of Canadian Cancer Society, where can they find out more information? They can head over to cancer... Or they can head over to www.cancer.ca. Uh, otherwise, on September 8th and 9th, just head over to the Manitoba Paddling Association. That's at 80 Churchill Drive, and you'll be able to catch the races. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Christine, for that little slice of Winnipeg. Uh, maybe we'll throw to a quick song, and then when we come back, we'll have uh, a little send-off for you and Christy. How's that sound? It sounds great. Thank Kay. you. We'll see you soon. Never know just how much I miss you. You never know just how much I care. And if I try. I still couldn't hide my love for you. You ought to know, for haven't I told you so? Welcome back to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today, and we're sticking with Christy and Christine of A Winnipeg Slice. Thank you, girls, for uh, all your hard work this summer. It's been a great summer. It's been a slice. Oh, well done. So uh, we wanted to just kind of say a little goodbye because you guys are done your 12-week internship here at CJNU, and uh, just kind of ask you what your experiences were like. So from coming as fresh-faced little 
recent graduates <laughs> to now you are weathered radio experienced uh, veterans. They're just beautiful wow. butterflies at this point. What you made us sound wrong. lovely. What was the experience like starting out and uh, until now? You know, starting out, I think we were both a little afraid. You know, we had to talk to so many people in a week. And uh, we weren't sure how to, we were going to get it done. I think we leaned on each other a lot mm -hmm. throughout the weeks. And uh, no, it's been a really great summer. Just getting more confident as the weeks went by. For sure. How about you, Christy? How'd you enjoy it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, things definitely got easier after after the first week when we kind of realized, okay, uh, this is how you do a story. This is right. how you actually go and talk to somebody for a radio story. And while you learn those things in school, it's often not for the real world. That, very you know? well said. So it's very different. Yeah, I understand. So give me uh, your two favorite stories that each of you, or one favorite story that each of you did this summer. Um, probably my favorite interview that I've done. I just talked about it, but I'm going to talk about it again just because you don't really get to hear the behind the scenes of, of how it all went down. So I, I was talking to Mark and Ivan from Newburger. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people might not realize, but our stories are, are they're two minutes in length. So mm -hmm. we have to do a interview and then edit it down and it has to be two minutes for air. And uh, so generally we try to keep our interviews pretty short. So there's a lot less editing involved. Yep. But this interview went on for probably about 30 minutes <laughs> because we were having so much fun and we were just talking and, and enjoying our co each other's company. So That's that was great. probably my favorite one just because it was great people involved. For sure. Actually, yeah, mine's. <clears throat> on the same uh, same idea back when I interviewed Dr. Frank Albo um, weeks and weeks ago, uh, same thing. You tried to keep the interview short because it's only going to be a couple minutes long. We ended up sitting down for an hour. He told me all about the Hermetic Code and the city of Astana, um, all these really crazy things that have happened to him in his life. And so even though 58 minutes of that interview didn't get to go on the air. It was mm -hmm. the most interesting conversation I've ever had. That's He's a cool. really cool guy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, on behalf, I mentioned this earlier, on behalf of Robert and I, thank you guys for all your hard work this summer. I was really looking forward to every time you guys came into the studio and tell, told me about something new about Winnipeg, and I was looking forward to listening to all the Winnipeg slices that aired on CJNU. So thank you for your hard work. Good luck in the future, and uh, yeah, take care. Thank you. Thank it's you. been uh, great being part of the show. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined by Noah Ehrenberg. He is the convener of Community News Commons, Winnipeg Citizen Journalism website. Noah, thank you so much for joining me. Hi there, Rob. It's great to be here. So, one of the great things about Community News Commons is that citizen journalists often come together to work on different stories that they want to tell about things that are happening in their community. Tell us about some of the more recent collaborations. Well, this week we had a story about the repelling event called Drop Zone uh, that um, has uh, people repelling off of the Manitoba Hydro Building, which I believe is about 22 stories. It's uh, 88.6 meters high. That's oh, wow. <laughs> quite the height. And uh, Deanna Ng, a CNC writer, she wrote a story about this. And um, this, of course, is an event that is in support of uh, Society for Manitobans with Disabilities. And um, Barry J. Kopoulos, uh took some photos, and he did uh, a great job doing that as well, as he took a video of the event and of one of the more impressive uh, repellers that was uh, a woman by the name of Ali Onslow, and she had been wanting to repel for a long, long time. Uh, she is in a wheelchair, and she repelled in that wheelchair all the way down uh, the 22 stories of the Manitoba Hydro Building. And so there's uh, some nice quotes from uh, from her in the piece, and Deanna did a terrific job uh, writing this story, as she does uh, many 
many stories for uh, for CNC on communitynewscommons.org. And um, it was really great to have Barry Coppolis uh, take some photos uh, of the event. It was a great collaboration, and it's something that happens on uh, Community News Commons quite a bit, and it's a, it's a great way for uh, citizens to come together and to use their skills to tell stories from our community. Excellent. And what are some of the other stories that are happening at Community News Commons this week? Well, the other collaborative story happened just um, this week with uh, the Classic Rock Fest that was over at uh, Shaw Park. It was uh, a terrific event that uh, featured some of the classic rock bands from the heyday of Winnipeg rock and roll. And it was a terrific event that many people in the in the crowd were very excited about. It was kind of a tribute to, uh, it was in, in many respects, a tribute to the late Kenny Shields and, uh, and to uh, Streetheart. But there were a lot of other bands there. And Anne Martin, who does a lot of reviews for Community News Commons, uh, she uh, did a review. And Doug Kretschmer, who takes a lot of photos. They combine their forces. And it's a terrific uh, piece of journalism. It uh, talks about uh, the event. It talks about how fun it was, uh, how impressed the performers were at playing for for you know playing for such an enthusiastic crowd. And uh, I think our, our listeners would really enjoy uh, looking at this story at communitynewscommons.org. It's called "Classic Rock Fest Delights Fans." pays tribute to Kenny Shields. And it's something that uh, I think is a uh, great thing about uh, Community News Commons. It brings people together, tells stories from our community, and of course, it relies on the talents of uh, some writers and photographers and uh, uh, videographers. And so that story is something that I think our listeners would really enjoy reading on communitynewscommons.org. And for those of our listeners who are interested in potentially becoming a citizen journalist and writing about some of the things going on in their community or taking pictures or recording audio, there's a meeting happening where people can just show up and get involved. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, we we meet the last Thursday of every month here at the Winnipeg Foundation on the 13th floor of the Richardson Building. And uh, the meeting goes from 5.45 p.m. to 7.15 p.m. And what we do is it's uh, kind of a story meeting. Uh, We talk about some of the stories that have been published on communitynewscommons.org. And we also talk about some of the stories that the reporters are working on. So if you're new to this particular project or you want to find out more about it, it's actually a really terrific uh, little meeting to come to. There's usually about 15, 20 citizen reporters that come to the meeting. And uh, I invite uh, anybody that wants to to come. That would be tonight, uh, Thursday, because it is the last Thursday of of this month. And like I say, it's on the 13th. 13th floor of the Richardson building from 5.45 to 7.15 p.m. The other thing that people can do is they can just go to the website and they can click on the Become a Citizen Reporter button that is on the top right-hand corner of the main page and you can just sign up to communitynewscommons.org and you can start doing uh, stories. And uh, as the editor, I will help you tell your story. I will edit it for you and um, we'll publish it on the the website. So I I look forward to seeing anybody that's interested in, in our community, interested in telling stories. It's really a good place to do that. And it's something that I think would appeal to a lot of our listeners. That's great. Mm -hmm. Now, every week when we have you on the show, we like for you to bring in a song by a local artist. And what do you have for us this week? Well, this is a young band. They're called Ivory Waves. They're an indie three-piece band that um, they've been turning heads recently. They have sort of a dream funk sound, I guess you might call it. Uh, I I know that our listeners will enjoy this. They've been uh, featured at uh, various festivals this past summer, Rainbow Trout Music Festival, Real Love Summer Fest, uh, Big Fun. Uh, the trio, uh, they're called Ivory Waves, as I said. They're, they're set to launch their self-titled album on September the 3rd. So that's this coming Sunday at uh, the Goodwill. And uh, if you want to see the band and, and see what they're 
album is all about, you can go down to the Goodwill on Sunday and catch them. And so what I'd like to do is to celebrate that uh, album release and to introduce the band to our listeners. Here is a tune from Ivory Waves. It's called After Slice. And you're listening to River City 360 with Nolan Bicknell and Robert Zirk on 93.7 CJNU.
That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and a huge thank you to all of our guests and all of our contributors. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And call in. We'd love to hear your feedback about the show or if there's any thoughts that you have on any of the stories that you've listened to today. Or even if you just want to request a song, let us know. We'd love to hear your feedback again. Our phone number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also send us an email, rivercity360 at wpgfdn.org. Or, again, our listener line, it's open 24-7, so give us a call anytime. Our number again, 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter and RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend.